and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and this podcast is all about the many different topics that we can experience as moms and as women, and the many different things that can affect us, or the many ways that we can heal as we're all moving along on our own personal growth journeys. And one of the things that I personally love to share and teach more about is emotional regulation. I know as a mom to five kids myself, there were so many times in my journey, especially being a younger mother, that I just could not handle or control my own emotions, let alone the big emotions that were coming from them as well, right? It could feel impossible sometimes not for me just to impulsively react or to yell, to just lose my shiz on them. And so throughout my years of parenting, some of my high needs kids, I have really learned to hold space while navigating these emotions and also managing our own triggers and things that are coming up for us. And so I really want to bring that to you uh, because this is really important. So we're going to be having a managing triggers and emotions workshop, and I'm going to be talking about how to identify the big emotions, how to navigate the emotional outbursts, building emotional resilience, and how to use human design. Okay. We're gonna be talking more about the emotional solar plexus and the different emotional waves that the defined solar plexus can experience. So if you are at all interested in that, the link is down in the show notes, or you can visit www.theselfprojectstudio.com backslash workshops. So I hope to see you there. And now let's go ahead and dive into our latest episode. Let's just kind of dive in. So, um, I mean, tell me more about you. You are an engineer who turned mental coach and energy healer. So just just start with just sharing some of your stories. Yeah, how does this all happen? So for me, looking back, um, it is all about life. So life is in the center of all that I've done before. I started uh, my career uh, in medicine. I worked in clinical microbiology for a while. And then uh, I started chemical environmental technology. And this was um, a project, a pilot project uh, of uh, co-creation between uh, an um, agency, an uh, engineer agency, uh, health insurance, and uh, some doctors that were specialized in environmental uh, healing. And we um, figured out that a lot of houses uh, included toxic substances, which means, for example, in Germany, we, we had uh, pesticides or also um, problems with mold or other toxic substances. And people often suffered from kind of a lot of different symptoms and normal doctors didn't know what is going on here. They couldn't find the source of the problem. And uh, then these um, the patients go to, went to a, a specialized doctor who was specialized in environmental health. And uh, he could tell, okay, perhaps this could be a case that you have some substances in the house that are destroying your house. We were called this uh, agency. And so we went into these houses, did this analysis, figured out, okay, there are these, and or that substances and we did everything uh, ending up with with the renovation of of these houses. So from there, 
I stepped into um, business consultancy, um, working um, in personal development and organizational transformation. And the topic was about cultural change in companies. So figuring out how a company that is uh, very um, uh, in a high hierarchy, um, how can this become more agile, more democratic? How can the employees be involved more and more? So we, we did a lot of workshops and uh, big conference, conferences, uh, like open space conferences, where all the employees had the possibility to, to participate and show their uh, perspective on the problem. And uh, yeah, I, I started to get more and more involved from creating workshops and conferences and doing strategic work into working with people. So doing the personal development stuff. And um, so I started also economics and um, business coaching. So I'm also certified as a business coach. And um, yeah, I, I was kind of this normal consultant for a while, like wearing the black suit. And <laughs> then for me, it was like, um, at the same time, um, I have had uh, pets. So um, I had a dog and I had cats and I had horses. And I figured out when I work with my, my animals, uh, I learn a lot about myself. They are reflecting me really a lot. And so I um, created my own little company called Pets Educating People and um, worked with uh, children uh, that uh, had problems, uh, social problems, reading problems and problems with obesity. And uh, it was uh, a project that was uh, related with some schools um, and uh, we brought, for example, the uh, uh, dogs into the school. And uh, for example, for this reading program, uh, we ever uh, ever evaluated uh, this problem of this program, um, having one group that um, read the same book, um, had the same teacher, but working without the dogs, and the other one working with dogs. And these dogs were trained in a special uh, way, so uh, they had trick training and could do movements. And in this book, uh, there was always um, a situation where the dog, for example, uh, ate uh, the bacon uh, from, from the table or whatever. Yeah, And as soon as uh, the child uh, would come to this um, uh, sentence, he could give uh, the dog, for example, a treat or uh, ask the, the dog to open a package and to do some kind of tricks. And while he was reading, he could touch the dog and calm himself down. So it was a mixture of calming down and activity that was supporting the reading process. And uh, as we figured out, uh, the group that has a possibility to read with the dogs had a significant uh, increase of understanding the text, uh, being motivated, uh, getting more competence in reading at all. So this was really uh, massive. Also, um, the, the children that were obese and always had the uh, feeling, oh, I can't move my body because, yeah, I'm, I'm so uh, too fat or it, 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 people will laugh at me. Um, 
the dogs were trained in agility. Um, and this means um, they could, uh, the children could run with the dogs and, uh, yeah, or play football with the dogs. So uh, also like uh, having fun with, with, uh, with the horses or the ponies, they were little horses. Um, and so for them, it was, there was no one telling them uh, that you can't move because you know, the dogs just had fun with them. And like this energy that came up, uh, it, it was sometimes even hard to, to tell them now, no, the lesson is, is ended, we have to stop and you have to go home. <laughs> so, and figuring out that these uh, changes we did with the animals that supported the children in their um, personal development, this was also something I've found could be a good idea doing this with leaders. So uh, we started to do um, horse-assisted leadership training. And uh, this was also very interesting. It was uh, like um, personal training, but also team training. And uh, using the horses being a kind of a mirror for uh, the leaders to, to show uh, how they behave, what is their concept about leadership, how they do, do communicate and then understanding, okay, what, what we have seen in the arena now, what is this compared how they treat their, their employees? And you could already see as soon as they step into the arena, what kind of style of leader they were. Are these the ones that think they can, can do everything? Or are these the ones that are more in, in cooperation? Or are these the ones that let it all go because at that moment when the people when the leaders step into the arena the horses will react differently and we, we use this for for personal development uh, for um, ceos and 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 uh, yeah leading business people in different industries so and still i'm in the business part <laughs> and um from there, um, I, I had uh, yeah, my little company. I had um, two employees uh, that helped me. One was also a coach and, and a mediator, and the other one was my assistant. So we, we, we did all this, like this leadership training and cultural change um, in, in my little um, consultancy. And then uh, about five years ago, I had this feeling I was so in a kind of red wheel, even though I'm a coach and I, I should know it better. Yeah. Um, it was really that I, I was so busy. Um, I was always on the road and working a lot of hours every day and even the weekend. Um, I stopped uh, doing my sports and not eating healthy. And so uh, looking in the mirror one day, I thought, Nope, this can't be the future. Uh, and uh, I gave myself a, a holiday here in Madeira, where I now I'm living. I originally come from Germany. And um, yeah, I came here, I stepped out of the plane. Imagine in Germany, we had kind of minus 10 degrees, stepping out of the plane plus 26 degrees blue sky, an amazing energy. And this is a subtropical island. Uh, it is 
really an abundance of, of flowers and plants and all the vegetation. We, we grow bananas and sugar cane and oranges and papaya and, and everything here. It was for me like, wow, this is a place for me. And um, I really enjoyed being here, but okay, at that moment I had to go back to Germany and somehow I have fallen in love with this island at first sight. So it was like, okay, I have to come here again. And uh, then I, it was this feeling, why did I buy a ticket back? And so I decided mm -mm, I will not buy a ticket back. And at that time, uh, I still couldn't really go here, but it was for me clear. I made the decision. Uh, I will, this will be the, the place where I want to live from now on. And, so um, then um, my mother died, she suffered a lot from dementia and uh, my dog died. And then I had this feeling somehow now I'm free. And uh, so I closed my business, sold my house, sold my horses, sold my car, <laughs> everything and took my cats and my technology and a Suitcase, suitcase with, uh, with some clothes and uh, decided, okay, I will stop my old life and I will go to Madeira and live here from now on. And then, uh, okay, uh, I decided to give myself half a year uh, of a sabbatical, which ended up being one year uh, to, to figure out, okay, what is, is my future? Where I do I really want to go? Uh, what am I passionate about? Um, yeah, what is my future? And um, feeling into myself, understanding what is really the purpose I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for myself. And this was more like, okay, um, I want to have a more holistic approach on what I'm doing. B the business part is still there, but life is also, you know, if you look into the wheel of life, you have all these kind of different segments like... Um, what is about uh, relationship, love, what is about uh, hobbies, uh, health, uh, of course, business, but also like personal growth, spirituality. So there are a lot of different areas that uh, are part of our life and that uh, are important. And um, as I looked uh, at my own wheel of life, I, I thought, okay, so health is if you have a, like in the middle, there's a zero and uh, at the end is a 10 in this wheel like if you have a scale and uh, zero is not at all, 10 is perfect, no change needed. Uh, I looked, okay, where am I now? And it was like, okay, house three. <laughs> Hobbies I'm active in one <laughs> and so on. And I, I, I've seen, okay, no, this is not looking good at all. And decided, okay, what is my ideal, ideal life? And I created a vision board for myself and it still exists here on, on my wall and figured out, okay, how would a life that I really adore would look like? And that, this meant a lot of changes. It meant that I wanted to have a balance in my life, like, I would like to have work, of course. I, I like to work, but also I would like to have more free time going to the ocean, swimming. Uh, I would like to have uh, my meetings outdoor in a nice uh, coffee bar at the ocean. 
uh, and not in a um, room without uh, windows in neon light and uh, um, yeah, uh, having no whatever, uh, having air condition and no no fresh air inside. So the, the, like normal meeting rooms look like. And so for me, it was also okay. I, I need to uh, take care of my house because um, of course I'm getting older. And uh, the decisions you make now will have the impact uh, on the future. So you know, not spending time for doing sports, for eating uh, fresh organic food uh, will you know, make you sick someday. Perhaps not today, but after a while and having lots of years already doing this, this was really a huge thing that I said, I really need my day one hour for doing sport, whatever it is. So no, going to have a swim in the ocean. At the moment, I'm playing paddle tennis. Uh, I'm doing pole dance and Muay Thai. So different kind of things, but everything that I enjoy. And also, okay, I'm in the middle of yeah the, the subtropical fruits. So of course, it's easy access to, to have a really um, uh, fruits that have a high uh, amount of uh, biophotons in it that really energize the body. And so for me, it was a huge change and also thinking, okay, what kind of work would I like to do? And so I uh, went into becoming more this mental coach and emotional healer. And also uh, I'm working with energies. And this is something that comes like, uh, this is in my DNA, how to say, yeah? So this is something that I do somehow since I'm a child because I had a near-death experience when I was a child. And with that, I have a lot of gifts that have been there for a while then disappeared and have been there when my dog died again. So uh, these kind of gifts uh, that uh, are that I'm clairvoyant and precognitive and uh, I also use this kind of gifts now um, for my business. Yeah. That's incredible. So you, you didn't um, have those gifts before until after you had this experience? Yeah. So uh, I was eight years old and um, I uh, fell in coma um, again and again. Sometimes I only could see black uh, and white, and, but sometimes I fell in coma for two days. And... Uh, the doctors had no idea what it was. So um, they said, okay, perhaps this is uh, low blood pressure. And one day uh, I was in coma again and I went into the, the children's uh, hospital and I was um, uh, in coma lying on this doctor's uh, um, table or bed. And um, I had this experience that I was looking on myself, seeing my body lying there uh, doctors stick in a long needle into my spinal cord to take out some liquid because I thought I, I had a meningitis. And at the same time, I had this feeling that I really want to disappear. It was so, so bright and peaceful. I felt this light and I was really like, okay, I want to go there. And the next moment I was somehow pushed back into my body. Uh, also could see my parents outside. Um, they were not in the room, so I, I was separated from them. And I was pushed back into my, my body, um, feeling this horrible pain. 
I woke up from my own screaming and then fell back into coma. And from this moment on, I had always this feeling of duality, like there is somehow this kind of bio body. And on the other hand, there is me, the spirit or the soul. And um, I had a lot of problems like bringing them together, moving forward. Uh, it, it somehow happens again and again that I, I felt like I want to disappear again. And, uh, but with this situation, um, my, my senses opened up. So uh, from then on, I had the ability uh, to, to see beyond things. I got words out of no, no, nothing. And I, I didn't know what it is. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm somehow now going crazy. Uh, and I was in coma again, and I was sick. And uh, so nobody knew what it is. So, okay, just a weird child. And um, only when I studied chemistry, I figured out that um, at that time, when I was eight years old, uh, my sleeping room was under the... Uh, the, the roof of the house and the ceiling had was a wooden ceiling. And my parents painted it with uh, a color that included pesticides. So um, what will kill insects uh, will also kill little children as these were neurotoxins. And um, at that time, uh, it was totally common that uh, this kind of paint was also used inside like the marketing was protect your wood against insects, but nobody would tell uh, the people that this will have such an impact uh, also on, on the people living inside. Yeah, this is okay for, for wood that is outside uh, uh, being in the rain or something that it doesn't rot, yeah? But having this inside is really, really a problem. So these neurotoxins, um, yeah, moved into my, my uh, body uh, from yeah, being connected to the dust and I was breathing them in and they um, increased inside of my, my body. And of course, after a while made this, uh, all these um, experiences I'm, I'm just uh, talking about. And so only when uh, we changed the house, the, the problems were reduced and um, yeah, when I was about uh, yeah, 18 years old, I almost had no, no kind of problems anymore, or perhaps 20, or I had no problems anymore, even though it was years before it really decreased. And then somehow all the abilities I had, um, I don't know if I really lost them or if I forgot about them, but um, I had no access anymore. And only when um, my dog died, um, everything came up again. So this was a situation, uh, my brother visited me, uh, he normally is in, in London and we were out in the garden and doing some stuff. And I told him, uh, my dog just called me, uh, she has to leave me now. And he said, oh, I didn't hear, uh, didn't hire a bark or anything. No, I said, she didn't bark. She sent me a picture that she has to leave me now. So I went inside of the house, seeing her lying on the sofa in the living room, uh, eyes wide open, breathing hardly, 
staring at me. And again, I got this picture. I have to leave you now. And 15 minutes, minutes later, she died in my arms. And while this was happening, it was like I was kind of overwhelmed, of course, emotionally. But on the other hand, of course, because all these experiences like, okay, there was something like being clairvoyant and, and this near death experience, everything at the same time came up again. And uh, for me to understand, okay, now that this happens again, I really need to figure out if I need to call these guys with the tight white jackets or uh, <laughs> if it perhaps is better uh, to understand what is going on. And so I learned a lot about uh, the morphic field, about the Akashic records. Um, I also participated in uh, some remote viewing studies. And um, this is very interesting. So remote viewing is um, so, um, a method that has been used uh, from, um, by the CIA during the uh, Cold World War. And uh, to um, see uh, info or get information about uh, Russia, uh, about their army. And so they have uh, trained uh, uh, like uh, US soldiers to uh, see beyond. And uh, so th this is uh, something that uh, people who have uh, already some kind of ability, uh, if they are trained, they, they can uh, do this kind of stuff. So uh, giving you an, an idea about such a, um, a study, it is, um, I was getting a code and with this code, I had to figure out where a person was sitting and describing the place. So it, it, the code is like numbers or, or letters. So some, some kind of code. Uh, and um, sometimes it can also be a picture that I know, okay, I'm at the right place, I'm seeing the right person. And then um, I have 20 minutes to step into the morphic field, go to this place, uh, look around, describe, so I have to write it down or to, to draw it, however. In this case, for example, I had to write it down and describe what I'm seeing. So for example, I'm seeing a man sitting on a bench, he's on a hill, I can see a little village down, I can see a ruin next to him and some lawn, whatever. And then um, I have to send this to the study team. Then I get four videos and I have to order them like this would be uh, the, the one that I think is the place where the, the guy is and then order them what I think what is not the place. And so you can do it to find the right one, chance 25%. And then I have to send that. So what happened was, okay, the place that I've seen on the video was the one he was sitting. The description I have given was the best one they ever had in the study. So I'm uh, now a certified woo-woo. <laughs> and yeah, so... Um, I'm, I'm sure that this is really a gift and that I'm not crazy because otherwise uh, it wouldn't be able to, to do this kind of remote viewing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You have so many incredible experiences. I'm just kind of like mesmerized over here listening to you talk. I feel like you're an international spire. <laughs> That's what it feels like. So I just, there's so much there. Um, 
you you've had an incredible incredible journey and the really cool part is is each piece of the journey you've been able to to bring along with you you know i see where you you know started as your 8 year old self and you know you got sick from the toxic substances and then you went into a career where that's what you you know worked with and you studied and then you know, went on to then work with animals. So I think that that's the coolest thing in the world, animals reflecting us. Um, I have my own little dog and I say it all the time. She's a reflection of me on the days that I'm not feeling well. She'll be the same, exact same way. She's just really low energy. She won't be eating well. And so I always tell her, um, Swanette knows a little bit about, human design. And I actually looked up, you can actually look up your own pet's human design and my dog's a reflector. So I I had to laugh because it means that she's really even extra reflective of my energy. So, um, so do you feel like from your experience when you were eight years old, um, obviously that's a traumatic experience. When we think of a medical procedure like that, when you're having a spinal tap done, I used to be a nurse. Um, those are incredibly, uh, you know, painful and invasive. Um, and we used to do them uh, on babies, on newborn babies. Anytime a newborn baby came in with a fever, that was like immediate protocol. And I, I'm just thinking of, like you said, it was like you came back into the body and there was all of that pain. And so it almost seems like, uh, you know, that can cause a dissociative experience too, where you at that time have a really hard time coming back into the body. So, you know, I noticed that you also have said that you, uh, you long for the non-dualty again, or for an experience like that again, do you still feel like that? Yeah. So I, I really have to, um, to ground myself and uh, to be aware when my my soul wants to disappear. So somehow I'm I'm still connected to both both worlds through to this 3D world, but also to the fifth dimension. And um, on the one hand, this is good because um, I have this kind of access uh, to information about. Uh, other people in my coaching but uh, sometimes I really need to figure out okay now I'm in this 3D world I have to to work here and uh, not like going up somewhere and uh, disappearing no? um, even if this, sometimes when it is stressful here it is okay perhaps there's another place I just want to go there <laughs> but yeah I still have these moments of course uh, I, I'm not sure if they will ever uh, disappear but uh, it's more easy to, to handle that because I now have the knowledge what is what is going on and how all this all happened. No? It's not like um, something, uh, how can I say, like, like a secret anymore or something uh, that is uh, weird or anything like that. That's really important. You're self-aware now of what's, like you said, what's going on. Um, surrounding the experience and what you're feeling and all of that. So are you still doing um, your, the, the pets educating people? Do you still work with that and have that going on at all? No, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, as I told you, um, when I left Germany, I also um, sold my horses. So um, 
no, uh, this is nothing I'm doing at the moment. I'm helping animals uh, um, in, in the shelter here. Uh, I'm, I'm training them and doing healing work on them. So, but this is more uh, as my hobby to, to help all, all the street and cats, uh, dogs and cats here on the street, but uh, no, no work uh, or business work with uh, pets at the moment. Like that anymore, just part of your journey, uh, part of your incredible journey. So I love that you too, I wrote down that you talked about the wheel of life. That's a process that I use with myself as well, um, at least every year. And then too, when I also feel like I'm feeling a little stagnant and kind of stuck, I, I like to refer back to it again, like, okay, what area of life am I feeling dissatisfied with is really what it is. Do I want to make improvements with? And then I also, that plays into um, also deciding what's a priority for you. Um, that was a big thing for me as well, looking at the actual physical health area of the wheel and rating myself. I had to get really honest about, like you said, I had gotten away from uh, movement or any exercise. I'd really let my nutrition slide, all of those different things. And so I really had to get honest and say like, is health a priority? Because I keep saying that it is like, oh, that's a priority, but then I'm not uh, following up with that and coming through with those actions. But it's, it's, it's really true that health has to be a priority because nothing else comes without it. So the career is not coming without it. Uh, the relationships don't come without it. The financial aspect of the wheel, you know, all the other different parts can't happen without the health. So that was a really incredible kind of mindset shift that I was able to have was looking at it from that way that if I don't make time, like you said, for this movement every morning, make time for a uh, silence is a big practice for me. Um, my boys, as soon as they wake up in the morning, it's like, you know, we're moving all day and it's noisy. And so those couple um, hours in the morning that I have are all about that time for me to get, you know, I call it like situated for my day to get settled, to get into the space, to pour into myself. So, um, and all of that, you know, plays into health as well. So I think that um, the wheel of life could be great for just looking at like all those same things. Like, what am I making a priority? What am I saying is a priority, but what am I actually making a priority? So I love that you use that as well. I would love to know. So if where are we able to find you at online if somebody wants to come and follow you on social media or come and see your website? Yeah, uh, of course. My website um, is um, spiritual-changemaker.com. Uh, I'm also uh, on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Sing and all these kind of social media. You will find me with my name, Swanet Kunze. Awesome. So we'll find you everywhere. I'll make sure we have everything linked up in show notes. And then, so what I want to know now is if somebody was wanting to work with you, what are the ways in which you're working with people? I know that you said you're creating the one-to-one -one program, uh, Healing Holidays, but do you have um, any other programs or anything else available to people? 
Yes, so there are different programs. Um, I'm working one-on-one uh, -on -one, um, because of uh, this situation of um, COVID. We are still in, um, I'm working online on Zoom, like doing this um, um, coaching, but also people can come here to Madeira. So we are um, an island, a safe island. So people from Europe can come over. So this happens that, uh, for example, um, uh, this month, uh, at the beginning of the month, a uh, client was here for two weeks, um, working one-on-one uh, -on -one in person here while she was doing, uh, at the same time, her holidays. And this was an intense coaching, but also um, it was different as uh, we uh, go out into nature. Um, we also have mountains here, so we can do a, a walk and talk, um, yeah, enjoying nature, enjoying all the elements uh, as well. And um, also I'm creating the, the healing holidays, um, which is uh, that people can come here having the holidays, but getting also a retreat. So this will be one week uh, in a group, a group retreat to uh, about different kinds of topics like um, yeah, um, empowering themselves again, also uh, creating uh, th their vision of life, understanding about their soul purpose, uh, and uh, releasing traumas uh, is also a part, understanding what are the traumas um, someone had and what are the blocking beliefs that come with that and how do they yeah, um, bring someone again and again in, into a loop, uh, having the same situations in different colors, I would say. <laughs> and um, yeah, also um, a part of this uh, is um, the uh, rework and reconnect which means uh, that um, people could come here working remotely for a while and at the same time uh, reconnecting to themselves. So this is for people who, who say, oh, I, no, I can't stop working uh, totally, but I would like to reduce it. And then um, having the, the healing work done uh, here during the time. So when they come back, they have more clarity about where they want to go. They have more power uh, yeah, doing their work. And um, this is also uh, very intense, um, but you have the time to re remote working as well. So this is what I'm offering at the moment. That is so unique. I was just thinking, I'm going to put that on my vision board for someday. <laughs> to go take a holiday, a two-week, um, you know, holiday, work remotely, but also get to reconnect with yourself. That sounds incredible. And like I said, uh, incredibly unique because like you said, you can, um, you know, just go out and go for a walk, just be in this beautiful scenery. And I think nature is so powerful in helping you reconnect back to yourself and helping to ground you and help you to just, um, you know, really tap into just the beauty of being here, the beauty of just slowing down and being here. Yeah, so what is really uh, impressive is uh, Madeira is a volcanoes island. So what we have is the power of fire as well as the power of water and both combined. So we have pools here that are caves uh, from a uh, um, volcano's eruption. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So cool. They're not active still, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
so not active. <laughs> but, but, but you can still see all the lava that was going down and was uh, frozen is not the right word. I, I don't know, but became solid. Um, I'm sorry, I sometimes, I sometimes need to find a word. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you see all the lava that uh, is, is uh, solid now, but uh, you could imagine like uh, how it was like when it was um, floating down and uh, you, you can swim inside of this, this uh, kind of cave. Yeah, it's really amazing. And yeah, of course, the abundance of, of uh, the flowers, the colors that comes with that. And um, we also have um, some high mountains here. So in wintertime, you can go down to the beach, have a swim in the ocean. Of course, it is not like in the Caribbean island, but it's still warm enough to go to, to, into, the water, into the water. And then you can go up to the highest mountain and have snow. Oh my gosh. I wonder if you were drawn there because of the dual tea of it. You're talking about it's like fire and water and then snow and mountains and then water and ocean and beaches. And I'm like, I wonder if that's why when you went there, you're just like, I have to be here because it sounds like such an area of dual tea. <laughs> so that's so cool. So I just have to thank you, Sonette, for being on today. I feel like I could ask you 10 million more questions, but I also know that... Um, our time has flown by. I just looked and I'm like, oh my, has it really been that long? Because I feel like we've only been talking for five minutes. <laughs> yes, thank you, so, thank you so much for being uh, a guest on your show today. It was really a pleasure talking uh, with you. And uh, yeah, I hope that uh, your audience uh, will enjoy uh, a little bit of my um, insights and uh, my, my story. And I have also a little giveaway, a free gift uh, for your audience, um, which is a 20 minute uh, meditation uh, to find your vision. And uh, I'm happy to send you the link uh, so that people who are interested to get to know a little bit more um, what their vision is and the mission for this life um, that they can listen to that and uh, yeah, follow the meditation and get an idea about that. Oh, I would love that. Swanette, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. I just have to say thank you again for being here and for giving us more of your time today to come and share. Thank you for listening to the Self Project Podcast. Make sure that you scroll down and you check out the show notes so you can connect with our awesome guests from today and also come over and follow me on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin to see more of what I've got going on. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so that you can get regular updates and I will see you next time.